SMQBs. This is episode 41. It is NFL Week 10 uh, reaction time. We have our Paul Krause takeaways, our Plax Coburst locked up picks for the next week. Definitely talk a little Dalvin Cook, get into COVID on the sports field. And of course, everyone's favorite segment, Punchable Face of the Week. Check it out. Leave us five stars. Have fun. SMQBs, this is episode 41. All right, so he played college basketball for Louisville. He was the second overall pick in the 1968 draft. He was the NBA most valuable player during his rookie season. Joining only Wilt Chamberlain. Does his son coach your favorite team right now? His son might coach my favorite team Uh, right now. Rooster, who is it? Wes Unseld, one of the all-time great centers in the history of the league. I cannot believe you. I love Wes Unseld. I can't believe you guys bypassed. No, this is all in my... Keith Byers. Keith Byers. Keith Byers. You know, Pope should be pissed. If anyone's pissed, it should be Dirk. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for Dirk. Wes Unseld was an NBA champion, a finals MVP, a most valuable player, five-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, All-Rookie First Team, and the NBA rebounding leader. I mean, that's pretty impressive. And And MVP during his rookie season. And he he couldn't jump as high as we can. Yeah. So pretty impressive. But look, let's let's talk about um, the Eagles for a minute. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Are you feeling good? You're right in the thick of this. You're, you're thinking you got to be thinking about the playoffs now, right? You got to be. You got Jalen Hurts. Playoffs. You got to be thinking I, about the playoffs. It's got to be exciting this, for you. There's this guy I know named Bison who said, "There's nothing more dangerous than hope." That's a fucking terrible thing. I do not want hope, and I don't have hope. But I don't I know. See we see those draft picks getting uh, worse and worse, baby. You we get to play Danny Dimes twice. Taylor you can Heineken see the twinkle twice. in his eye right now. He knows. Uh-oh. He thinks he's got a chance. I, really I just does. hope the Eagles and the Dolphins keep winning and winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh funny. God! All right. Well, uh, speaking of uh, the Eagles and their their you know the lock to make the playoffs now, uh, let's talk a little NFL house. What uh what do we got this week? Can you guys make any sense of the NFL at this point? I mean, None. we're beyond. None. We are beyond any given Sunday at this point, right? I mean, Ugh. we started we started the week with the Dolphins, speaking of which, the hot Dolphins beating the Ravens, basically the healthy Ravens. I mean, yes, they're still in, in you know, they've been all season without their running backs, but the Dolphins beating yeah, Lamar Jackson. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Two, two off the bench. Just, you know, that and, nobody wants to win that division. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, there's a team that wants to win it. I mean, every yeah, no, and nobody nobody wants to win it. I mean, who does, Pope? Oh, you're you're talking talking about about the North, the North. Yeah, Yeah. every every week we say it's uh, the Bengals or it's the Ravens or it's the Browns, the Browns, Pittsburgh, and then then they turn around and shit the bed at each one of them. Well, certainly not the Steelers. Futility of a tie against the worst team in the league and have a win. Tell me why they. 
the Eagles had not beat Denver since 1989 in Denver. Uh, that was, a, I think, a mini upset. Yes, the Eagles played well the week before against San Diego. I don't know, really. Yes, the Cardinals uh, were without still Kyler and uh, De- uh, Hopkins, but they were the week before and they got pounded by the Panthers with the 64-year-old quarterback uh, running for the first two touchdowns. But I think we really have to focus at home. But the Super Bowl champions, <laughs> I mean, getting Heineken, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that game. And by the way, that's minus Chase Young for what, three quarters? Yeah. We yeah. should tell our Two listeners that our fifth member, uh, our Bucks fan, Milk, still haven't, hadn't scraped themselves up off the sidewalks of D.C. after that loss. Yeah, no, you'll hear you're going to hear from Milk at some point here. Um, but you know, you got to talk. You, know, you talk about that game. There's really only one story other than uh, the Chase Young injury, which is really you know it's too bad whenever a, a player and any player goes down with injury, and certainly a young up and coming superstar. But he, it is you know ACL out for the year uh, seems to be the reports today. But the real story about that game is the last drive for Washington. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Milk may may talk about it at some point, but they're down four. They have Tom Brady. There's 12 and a half minutes to go. You know, they think they've got Tom Brady. They're down four. They're going to get the ball. They're going to get a couple chances to score, right? They should have a few chances in the fourth quarter. Taylor Heineke leads a 19-play, 11-minute drive that goes 86 yards and finishes with a touchdown. Tom Brady got the ball on fourth back. down too. on fourth yeah. down, fourth and goal. They converted three third downs and a fourth down, which is fourth and goal. Tom Brady got the ball back with like 26 seconds left in the game. The entire fourth quarter was played on that one drive. That's, that's really, I mean, yep. that's weird. And then, then so Brady hands off to Fournette who, uh, runs out of bounds and Brady kind of looks at him like, why are you prolonging this misery? Just <laughs> yeah, go doing? down, just They're go down. down let the clock run out. They were down 10. I mean, that's got to be even know. Top, top five drives of the year. I mean, was, wow. Impressive. For sure. Oh yeah. How do you do 19 plays? I don't even know. Yeah, 80 yards. 19 plays. Right. It's, it's like, like three yards, yards in a three cloud of dust yeah. every time. Right. How, um, yeah. Against the best run defense, supposedly in football. But Vita Vey did get hurt in the fourth quarter. He got hurt um, on the last play of the game. Yeah. How did uh, how did how many interceptions did Tom Brady throw in the first quarter of that game? It was more than two, wasn't it? Two. I thought two. it was two. We threw three two. for the game. That's crazy. He, he he. I mean, you can say all you want about the Bucks secondary and players being injured, but Brady is not himself right now, and he hasn't no. been for a few games. And apparently uh, Arians threw him under the bus. Did you hear that afterwards? Yeah. yeah. So they, they were not Arians, smart. Yeah. If, if Arians, these were on the receivers, not making the right, you know, routes or whatever. And he said, no, those were on Brady. <laughs> he, call, he, he called his team dumb. And I just want to tell Milk that I agree with Bruce Arians. It's hard to repeat. Uh, Pope, it is hard to repeat. Your Cowboys are back. Uh, wow. Jekyll and Hyde. That's a very tell different team than played the Broncos. It, it was uh, 
a tale of two games. Um, and, and, you know, there was a lot of angst in Dallas land about the Falcons coming to town because they, they've kind of owned the Cowboys lately. And, you know, here we go again. I mean, you, you had the hand wringing, uh, very early on. It was seven, three in the first, um, it, but then the Cowboys exploded 29 points in the second quarter is a franchise record. Uh, and you know, the block kick for a touchdown, obviously that was icing on the cake of the first half, but, uh, nobody saw that coming. Um, 36 to three at halftime game's over. We even got a little Cooper rush, uh, in the, in the fourth quarter, but, um, I don't know why is SMQB said last week that the Cowboys loss was just a blip. You did. You did. <laughs> I, I said, I hope you're right. And, you know, you were, you were right. But it'll be interesting. The Cowboys, and, you know, we can talk about the takeaway preview, whatever. But next week, biggest game, I think, now, uh, NFL next week is Cowboys at Chiefs Sunday afternoon because the chefs all of a sudden have found new life. They've won three yep. in a row. and. Mm-hmm. Maybe we wrote them off a little bit too early. Mahomes uh, looked like his old self in that game. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's going to be a huge, huge game. Obviously, the history of the franchise is Lamar Hunt starting Dallas franchise, and so anyway. um, But no, it's it's good to be in Jerry World today. Uh, This the confidence and the swagger is back. We'll see if it's worth it. Well, we seem to be. I know. I know. We make these predictions. We get ahead of ourselves, but. It looks like we are on a collision course in the AFC between the Titans and the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. I we, mean, the Patriots are on fire. Yeah. Matt Jones, we've all been saying it like one takeaway after another about the Pats are real. Mac Jones is real. This team's really, really good. And yes, Baker got hurt in that game with the Pats. That 45 to 7 is crazy. It, it's really matter. fascinating to look at it, though. So you got Brady who leaves Belichick last year and says, screw you, coach, I can do it without you, and wins the Super Bowl. And now you have Belichick just one year removed saying, screw you, Brady, I could do it without you, right? I mean, it, it's it's really solidifying the greatness of both of them, quite honestly. I have to say I was completely wrong about Mac Jones. He does look like an NFL quarterback. Yeah, he was threading passes, and, I mean, he's, his accuracy is, is, is everything – uh, as they expected. But I also think the Bills righted the ship Sunday. I mean, granted, they're playing the Jets, but they they needed they really desperately needed that win, and they got a big one. Yeah, but it was it Pope last week who the Bills have beaten. Yeah, they've beat they've still yeah. they've still yeah. beat nobody. I want to see the Bills beat a good team, and then we can talk about the Bills. They beat no good teams. So here's. Um, I, I, I figured that would be a discussion point today. So they play the Colts next week. Then they play the Saints. And then go ahead and mark it on your calendar. Monday night, December the 6th, Patriots-Bills. That's a good one. First time that they're going to play a quality opponent all effing year. And they got to wow. play them twice. Bills play Patriots twice. And that, you know, the division will be decided in December for sure. Yep. yep. That'll be a great game. But the you know the Patriots um, before that the week before that they're home to the Titans as you guys were talking about. So we'll find out a lot about the Patriots also in the next three weeks, for sure. Yeah. And we had a big big fizzle of the majorly hyped game of the return of Russ. Yeah. Versus <laughs> oh, the return of Karen Rogers, and mm. it was a big snowed out snoozer. 
Russ oh. looked like he forgot to, how to throw a football. Yeah. I mean, when was the last time those guys went down the field and Russ threw a pick in the end zone and then Karen Rogers went down the other way and threw a pick in the end zone on back-to-back possessions? Right. I, I mean, that's Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers hadn't thrown a pick in the red zone since 2019. Wow. But don't forget Russell's uh, injured hand is his off hand. The, the, there's no, it's hard to understand how his passes were so off. I mean, they were, you know, some of them were like 10 feet over the receiver's head. Well, well he's rusty you- and, you know, let's see if uh, he comes back next week, just like Dak did. Yeah. 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 That, you guys, that's you, you probably guys- likely. You guys might know a little something about a winner's pool that had 11,000 people in it. (laughs) Just to tell you how crazy the NFL season is, we have just almost done week 10, and there are 300 people left in an 11,000-person pool. Jeez. Anybody standing here on the pod? No. 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 (laughs) So that's week 10. Um, Bison, I don't know what your takeaway is. Are you watching football again? Well, I'll give you a little strange statistic. It's not really a, a great takeaway, but it's it's sort of worth mentioning because it's just weird, like the rest of the NFL right now. So Chase Young, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Alex Smith were all injured within 10 yards of the same spot on the FedEx field turf. How weird is that? Wow. Right? I mean, and they're very different injuries too. So it's not like... It, it's not like it's something with the turf where you say you had three ACL injuries, you know, somebody's, you know, footing getting caught and twisted and it doesn't give or something. Three very different injuries. But how bizarro and weird is that? I mean, it's I wouldn't a, want to be anywhere near that freaking yard line. It's the curse of Joe Theismann. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. So, uh, no, I mean, I don't know. Like my, takeaway is my, my takeaway is just uh, the NFL is weird. It really, It really just shows you. You know, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. Every Sunday, somebody can go out there and punch you in the mouth. And and uh, these teams, you know, the, the athletes are so, so evenly, uh, uh, you know, prepped and prepared and everything out there that it's just whoever wants it more. It's, it's not it's not out of the realm that any team can beat any team. Totally true. Rooster, what's your what was your takeaway from this week? I'm just I'm just astounded that the Panthers beat the Cardinals 34 to 10. I just I just don't understand that. They're no, they're no different team than they were the last several games when they were horrible. Other than they finally got their quarterback out of the starting lineup, but the, you know you can't say it was uh, what's his face Cam Newton. Cam Cam only played in the red zone. They still move the ball up and down the field like they haven't since the first two, maybe three games of the season. It's just, it's just weird. I agree. Everything about this season is so weird. There may be five teams that you can say for sure will not make the playoffs. Other than that, we've been wrong about everything. So why would you even venture a guess that a, a certain team is out of it at this point? That, I mean, other than the, maybe the, the Lions and uh, Texans. Jets, Falcons, Giants, maybe Washington. the football team. Who are you going to say is clearly out of it? That's how crazy this year is. But those teams could play spoilers too. Yeah, down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm really just hoping the well, Giants don't relish that role. Well, I think 
two things are in play here. One is you have 17 games and the other is that you have that extra wildcard slot. So it's way too early, except for like the ones you named to count them out. It's a long season. It is a long season. I'm, I'm going to see if I can answer that question about what was different about the Panthers with my takeaway. We'll give Pope the last live word on the takeaways, but I think as much as the NFL is a team game most weeks, there are definitely games where an individual can win the game for a team. And the difference between winning and losing is about an individual. I think the answer in that Panthers cards game is yes, Colt McCoy had one nice week the week before, but missing Kyler Murray and the Panthers getting back Christian McCaffrey is a huge, a healthy healthier Christian McCaffrey. Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes wins the Chiefs a game. Jonathan Taylor is winning the Colts games. He is a monster right now. Tom Brady throwing picks will lose the mm-hmm. Bucks a game. I, I think some of these weeks, it can be about an individual that changes the fortunes of a team's win or loss. That's my takeaway from week 10. Pope? Well, my takeaway is, I know it's a little early, but you guys know how I love to stick my neck out. I think we could be looking at a Cowboys-Packers NFC championship. Um, it, it appears that the Packers' defense is better than what we had given it credit for. I mean, they just completely shut down Seattle and Cardinals the week before, um, even though you know they didn't blow them out. But uh, I think that uh, the Cowboys showed that they're the team we thought they were before the Denver game. I think the cards have weakness. I think the Bucks now really have been exposed, and maybe Brady, maybe this isn't Brady's year. And um, we'll find out more about the Rams. They have a big game tonight against the Niners, but I do think it is shaping up potentially to be Cowboys Packers. And ultimately, you know, a lot's going to depend on are you at Lambeau or are you at Jerry World because Cowboys cannot win at Lambeau. So, yeah, thank you, Dog Karen. fight on. By the yeah. way, Pope, I think the Packers are going to be a better running team with Dylan in the lineup over Aaron Jones. He's a That's big because I have Aaron Jones on my man. fantasy teams. That's why. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't I've waived Dylan because they yeah. weren't giving him the ball enough and then Jones gets hurt. Right. I mean I think it's a fair ultimately point. the Packers don't get home field. Could you look at that game, you know, when Caron had a COVID? I think it's a fair point, point, uh, Pope, but I, I really want to see this remade Rams team with Odell yeah. and Von Miller. I'm yeah. I'll, I'll be in a way after tonight. Not that the 49ers are the best test, but this is so much talent on one football team. It would be hard for them not to make the NFC championship. Well, but we haven't talked about Robert Woods. Yeah. Or, potentially, or, if, or the Bucks, if OBJ the doesn't fit, Robert Woods is a massive o- OBJ loss. OBJ hasn't had a good season since 2016. And pretty soon, maybe it's his fault, not the team. Well, yeah. All right, well, let's hear out. from our, uh, our, our um, man down. Uh, let's see here if we can make. Go to our correspondent. He's in a hospital. Fellas, sorry I can't make the pod today, but I'm not going to lie. I'm beat up pretty bad. Uh, if I can make it through this video without vomiting, it'll be a minor miracle. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, I made a, the long journey to Washington, D.C. this weekend for the Buccaneer-Washington game yesterday. More on that in a minute. Uh other than the football game, I had a wonderful time. I think I'm now possibly a part owner of a bar called Mission. 
So that's good. Um, and uh, the stadium was great. Good experience. The beer was cold. Shout out to my uh, boys in the parking lot after the game who were uh, grilling out lobster tails. We had a, we had a blast. Uh, the football game, on the other hand, was one of the worst games I've ever been to in my life. In my life. Um, our defense has major issues. We can't get off the field on third down. They must have been 80% on third down. Taylor Heineke looked amazing. I never thought in my life I would see a 19-play drive in the NFL that took 12 minutes. Uh, the Bucks have major problems. We're not a Super Bowl team, not even close to being a Super Bowl team. Need to get some players back stat, or this so season could go so down sad. very, very Defeated. Uh, but don't want to take anything away from Chris Nace and the Washington football team. They absolutely kicked our ass. Congratulations, buddy. Uh, you got you earned it, even though you didn't come to the game. So I want to make sure everyone's aware of that. Nace was not there. He doesn't support his team. Um, my lock of the week, going with my new opposite strategy, uh, if every decision that I make in my life is wrong, then the opposite must be right. Therefore, I love the Packers. Love the Packers against the Vikings. I think it's like two or three. It doesn't matter. I'm taking the Vikings in that game. I think they cover. Uh, and all will be well in the world again. I'm out, boys. I'm going to go take a nap. Uh, enjoy your pod. Miss all y'all. Good seeing you this weekend, Nace. Congrats again, buddy. See, he's such a, a good sport about things, but whoa, that that was rough. I felt he doesn't even have the energy that. to heckle us. Wow, no, he he looks he looks beat up. Wow, he is what such a, a good video what correspondent. A, what, a, what a lightweight. <laughs> Listen, it's That's tragic what six funny. white claws can do to you. Right? I know. I mean, you know, a little guy like Patrick and that many white claws. That's when dangerous. you weigh one twenty-five, you should be able to put down at least seven white claws. <laughs> right, you would think. You would think. Well, so Milk took us nicely from our transition from uh, our takeaways to to the the uh, Plaxico locked up picks. House, give us an update. What are the standings? Let me tell you, the person with the really good strategy here is taking the blowout spread. It is propelled Bison to a commanding lead in first place, four and six, which is the way Washington likes to be in first place. The Bills minus 13, <laughs> the Bills minus 13 is a W for the Bison at four and six. We had two of our SMQBs on opposite sides. Somebody had to win. Someone had to lose. Pope took the Titans minus three. They only could win by two. So he took the L, fell to two and eight. Milk with the opposite day took the Saints plus three, got the W, is at three and seven. Rooster fell to two and eight after taking the Cardinals with a shocking loss. He had the Cardinals minus 10 and I remain a half game out still at two and seven, actually two and a half games out, I guess, or one and a half games out, whatever. I got the Rams tonight minus four. So we don't know my outcome from mm. week 10. So we will see, but that brings us back to week 11. We got to go back to our first place leader. What's the big spread you're going after this week, Bison? Well, this is a this is a little scary one, but I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens over the Bears. I see the Bears getting six. I don't know what you have. I see six. Yep. 
But I'm going to take the Ravens, the Ravens over the Bears. Okay. I like it. And uh, Rooster, where are you with your pick this week? Uh, God. I, you know, every time I try to think this through, I'm wrong. Yeah. So I threw a dart at the dartboard <laughs> today, and it came up Giants. But I'm not sure I could take the oh. Giants. Giants are getting 11 against the Bucks. Um, okay. I, my head is telling me to take the Patriots minus six against the Falcons, but I, what the hell? I'm going to take the Giants. Okay, wow. the Giants getting 11 points. They have a decent defense of late. Let's see what happens. Uh, Pope? Yeah, what? A one-point loss there with the juggernaut Titans. Uh, very painful, and I'm so happy to see Milk got the opposite right. Um, House, I, you know, maybe I'm drinking a little of the Roll Tide Kool-Aid, but looks like you guys have something going with Jalen and Devontae. And, you know, the Saints are just kind of reeling right now. And, and uh, you know, you're giving one and a half at home. Um, I'm going to go with the boys at the link. Give me the Eagles. I think it's... Ooh. I think it's, the one it's actually minus. It's actually minus one with my handicapper. So you right. get minus one, and I, I think it's a good. I think it's a good pick. But I, I hate to bet on my own team. Otherwise, I would take it. I am going to take a turn on the big spread. I think the Titans are a monster. Uh, I think the Texans have already given up. They want that first overall pick. Uh, they have nobody playing for them. And so I'm taking the Titans minus 10 and a half at home. Wow. See, you're trying to replicate my strategy. It's a big. It probably won't work for me, but um, yeah. listen, I'm two and seven. What the hell? That's right. Those are your plaques go locks the week. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see uh, if we can make Tad some money this week. So, I'd like to say uh, I feel, feel good about my pick, but. History tells me I shouldn't. <laughs> uh, Rooster, let's talk a little bit. We had a uh, kind of a unfortunate story in the NFL. It seems like every week we have something like that we could talk about. But one you, in particular you want to talk about today. Yeah. Um, this this story is punchable on so many levels. You know, the, the news came out that Dalvin Cook's girlfriend – a U.S. Army sergeant named Graceland Trimble was suing him for assault, battery, and false imprisonment. And, you know, almost immediately, most of the sports world kind of said, oh, well, this is a different story. He's the victim here. Because we believe, for I don't know why, the, the reporting of Adam Schefter, who tweeted out that Cook was the victim, uh, the woman stole his garage door opener, and illegally entered his home, maced him in the eyes and beat him up. <clears throat> well, Schefter has since admitted, you know, maybe he should have checked both sides of the story and maybe he should have, because if he had, he would have realized that the uh, Ms. Trimble um, has photographs and text messages uh, to go along with her lawsuit. And she released a photograph showing her face beaten to hell with a big scar on it. Um, and she released some text messages where um, Dalvin's allegedly, you know, I mean, this is what 
those screenshots says Dalvin Cook says, quote, I know what I did can't be rewind, but I just want you to know I'm sorry and I love you, blah, blah, blah. And if you want to go to the police, I'll respect that. I'll take my punishment for what I did. She writes back, Dalvin, my face is so messed up. I probably won't even get to see my family for Thanksgiving. He writes back, and I'm sorry for that. But the situation just got out of hand from the jump. Can you come back to me? That doesn't sound like a woman who's trying to extort her boyfriend or, you know, et cetera. It sounds like a guy who lost his con- lost control and wants his girlfriend back. He's telling her he loves her and all this. Now, you know, unless, unless she doctored evidence, I don't know. But the point is, Adam Schefter is a poor excuse for a journalist. And we should stop listening to the crap this guy puts out. Number one. He's number a muckraker. No, yeah. Number two. The league didn't even mention this. Dalvin Cook played this week. There was no mention of it. The poor announcers had to pretend it wasn't out there. Whatever happened to the commissioner's exempt list? Um, You know, when Kareem Hunt did something like this, he was was on that list immediately. He didn't play again for a long time. Um, Ray Rice, the same thing. All of a sudden, that's not not a big deal. And, you know, they interviewed (coughs) Coach Zimmer. Uh, this weekend, he's like, look, there's no criminal charges filed. It's just currently a civil matter. So I guess the, league, the NFL doesn't care about it. Well, they need to start caring about it because, um, it, I mean, her face, you, you should see the photographs of her face. It's bad. She got smacked around pretty hard. And it, unless those tweets are manufactured evidence, he pretty much admits to all of it. He, he better be on that list next week or the NFL uh, gets a big fat punch in the face. In the end, Schefter did apologize for his reporting only the one side. He, he kind of acknowledged he hadn't looked at both sides. Correctly, Correct. Right. After the fa- after these tweets came out, he said, uh, you know, in hindsight, I shouldn't have been so fast to report one side of the story without checking the other side, without checking. You know, he didn't even attempt to get her side tweets, of the story. Tweets or texts. They're text messages, right? Uh, he, I don't know what he's doing. I think Schefter was tweeting. Schefter she, was, but she's re, she's uh, screenshotting text messages. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rough season for the NFL. Yeah. A lot of a lot of off field, uh, really and, ugly stories this season. Don't forget that after the Schefter uh, tweets it kind of emboldened Dalvin cook and he held a press conference and came right out and said, I'm the victim in this situation and the truth will come out. So he thought he was going to get away with it. Yeah. The problem with that, when you, when you say the truth is going to come out is that sometimes the truth actually does come out and that's, yeah. that's going to, it could be a problem for Dalvin cook. Yeah. I don't know. I wish Mort, I wish Mort was still uh, healthy because Shefty pisses me off. I can't stand that guy. He's a yellow journalist. Of course, this is in the uh, you know in in the in the afterglow of the the Karen Rogers COVID story and and uh, so just a lot going on with the NFL house. Do you want to talk a little COVID in sports? You know the other thing that going that's going on with the NFL, but it's not just related to the NFL and it's starting to spread. And I don't really know, have the answer, guys, to where we are with this new, I guess, abnormal with how COVID is affecting the workplace everywhere, but particularly sports. Um, This past weekend, 
the Lions got their first non-loss with a tie over the Steelers who were playing without Big Ben, who had actually self-reported his COVID-19 status. Interestingly, since that game, it turns out that Minka Fitzpatrick, the Steelers, played that game and now has tested positive um, today. God only knows who else now might have COVID when that you had a guy on the field uh, who now has tested positive a day late, later. Today, the NHL has postponed three games involving the Ottawa Senators because 10 players mm-hmm. on the Senators, as well as their coach, have tested positive for COVID. The Packers probably lost their game to the Chiefs. Who knows? But Aaron Rodgers, we all know that story that we covered last week. Right now in the NBA, you're hearing it with a whole bunch of teams. It's hit home here in Philly where we have lost Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Matisse Teibel, and the Sixers are on a four-game losing streak. Who knows? In the East, that could be the difference between hosting you know, the playoffs throughout um, you know, three or four games. And I just don't – and all of these leagues have different protocols for when you can return to the field. And the question is – what should these leagues do? Where are we with COVID? Should there be these strict protocols? Should players not be able to return until they've tested uh, negative twice? If Even if they are asymptomatic, even if it was just they had contact with somebody, some of these, some of these guys just were in contact. I, what do you, I'm just curious to know what you guys think we should be doing in professional sports with COVID, should it just be like any other injury? And if you play, you play. Should we, assuming all these players have to be vaccinated anyway, should we let them play? And if someone gets COVID, they get COVID and they're out like any other injury. Should we keep them off the field? What should be the protocols? Like where are professional sports going with COVID? Does anybody have any well, take on this? This might not be a popular view. Um but I, I've sort of gotten to the point now where I think, you know, the world has to go back to normal. There will be people who will make choices that they don't want to engage because of COVID in certain activities in certain ways. We've spent the last 18 months saying that the world isn't going to engage with with anybody, right? We've we've got to lock lock things down. And that was probably you know, we probably didn't do enough of it, probably didn't do it quickly enough, probably didn't do it long enough. But I think we've gotten to a point now where we have to say, you know, if you want to make a personal choice not to go to an event, not to go to work, not to go to something because of COVID, so be it. That's your your choice. But the world, in my view, it's time to go back and have the events, have the have the the games, have the meetings if you want to talk about a workplace. Now the thing about COVID is, you know, if somebody has the flu, you don't want them to come to your office because you don't want your entire office to get the flu. You, you want people to stay home uh, and get better. And I sort of think COVID ought to be the same way. The vaccine, you know, if you have the vaccine, you're not going to get real sick and you're not going to you have less ability to, to transmit it to others. That's one consideration, I think. But. I'm not sure that at this point in mid-November of 2021 that we really should be treating this any differently uh, than any, any other 
uh, contagion that you might have in a, in a workplace. I, I don't think you can look at it just in terms of the sports teams, because, you know, if you think about it, they, they've actually done a fairly decent job. I'm surprised there haven't been more cases, but they're playing, they're playing in front of live audiences right now, 95% of whom are not wearing masks. So, you know, it's got to be a whole kind of a community approach to this. Uh, I do think if you're vaccinated and you get COVID, you can still transmit it. Um, and so I do think that if you have it, you should stay home until you test negative. Um, but I also think that teams should be allowed to insist that their employees are vaccinated or that or they can't get paid to come to work. And teams should be allowed to insist that all fans wear a mask. I don't know. You know, if you don't want to wear the mask, don't come to the game. But don't don't make me sit next to you and guess whether you're going to spread COVID to me. Because um, it's pretty damn easy to sneak into a, a, an event right now. I, I went to a, a comedy show Saturday night. Then nobody was checking anything. And I was probably in the 2% who had a mask on. But but just to be clear, the, the rules are not in, by the CDC that once you have a positive test, you you have to test negative before you go back anywhere. Those have never been. Yeah, but there was a 14 day period, right? It's it's really you look at the last day that you had a symptom and go 10 days out because you could test positive for weeks and weeks and weeks after it uh, just because of the, the peculiarities of the testing. I'm just telling you, like like most things in sports where there's a big earth shattering play, defensive interference, something that changes the rules for everything that we're going to come to a playoff situation and you're going to have a situation like Tom Brady comes down with COVID before the Super Bowl or something that affects dollars that advertisers spending or ratings and the rules will will start changing because it's it's only a matter of time until a marquee event is really affected majorly by a superstar player being ineligible to play for COVID. I mean, if this were the NBA playoffs right now and Joel Embiid couldn't play for 10 straight days, the NBA would have a major, major problem on its hands. Or, or God forbid, got really sick and was on a ventilator, right? That would that would really open some eyes. But all these players are vaccinated, so that's unlikely to happen. What do you mean yeah. they're all well, vaccinated? We thought they were, right? Yeah, they're well, not most all vaccinated. Are, most are. Most are. Most are. Most are. And, and who, who, you else know, is, who else is uh, misleading? You know, yeah, like how do we Who would have guessed that Aaron Rodgers was not vaccinated until that came out? Right. Well, but but again, it, you know, you, you do. I mean, look, we're all doing this. We're all engaged in some sort of risk management on this. And this is what the leagues have to do. I mean, Rooster, you're right. You can be vaccinated and and pass it on to someone else who's vaccinated. But the statistics around that are incredibly low, and it's even lower that you actually get sick at that point. I mean, this thing is going to be around for a long, long, long time. And, you know, at some point, you just have to go back and trust, you know, the the vaccine, trust the science, trust the statistics on this stuff, that if you're vaccinated, it's highly unlikely that you get very sick. Right. But if like if you're that's why I say it's amazing that there's not more incidents, especially in NBA and football. Imagine being an offensive lineman directly across from a defensive lineman in a hot, sweaty football game. Breathe. 
and you're you're going through everything the team asks you to do. You get vaccinated, you wear your mask, you do all that, and then you find out your star quarterback has decided to ignore what the CDC says and take ivermectin instead. Wouldn't that piss you off? Well, of course it would, but that's lying. Yeah. That's deceit and and dishonesty and 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 you know manipulation, right? I mean, that's a different conversation than you know, do we go back to letting these guys play? Yeah, I say let them play and and keep the fans coming, but expect more from people. And if they're not going to sure. step up, enforce it yourself because you own the team. Yeah, and and if they don't that. like it too bad, they either can not play or not come to the game. Yeah, that's fair. I think this is just the intermediary season between, you know, COVID affected every every major league franchise big time. Uh, last year, this year, less so, still does some impact. Next year, probably much less. Uh, I mean, eventually, we're just going to have to live with COVID. And, um, you know, it's more deadly than the flu. And that's one of the fears. But with herd immunity and vaccination, it'll be something that will just be, be part of our new normal. Interesting how it's a new layer to sports. Yeah. Anyway, good chat on that. All right. Um, I just well, hope Freddie Freeman doesn't bring it. Ready for me? Doesn't bring it to where? The Yankees. Good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, that seems like a good segue to punch someone in the face right there. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Rooster, uh, you got a punchable he, face of the week for us? Do we have several? No, I think yeah. you got it. Oh, we just have the one. Okay. Well, for our listeners, um, I'm not sure everyone knows this, but um, Paris Saint-Germain, PSG, not only has a elite men's football soccer team, but they also have an elite women's team. And in fact, we're, the women were the champions of France last year. Um, and there are two women on the team who are both play the center position one is amanita diallo and the other one is kara hamrawi uh kara was on the team in the past and had recently been picked up from barcelona she won the champions title at barcelona in 2019 anyway amanita was playing behind kira uh was sitting the bench behind kira so after a recent team dinner she is alleged to have hired a uh, Tanya Harding type hit on Kira. And so she says, Hey, I'll give you a ride home from the dinner. And they pull up to Kira. <clears throat> I'm sure I'm butchering this name, Hamrawi's uh, place. And masked men yanked Kira out of the car and beat her legs with a lead bar um, mm. to the point that she couldn't play in the. Uh, in the Champions League match against Real Madrid after that. And the investigation hadn't wound its way through yet. So so Diallo was her replacement. Well, I guess like the following Wednesday after the game, the police show up and arrest Diallo and are, are accusing her of having put the hit on. Um, so, you know, that's disgusting. And it's part part uh, i guess partly explained by the fact that these women are now making big bucks 
uh, playing for PSG. I think they're they're making close to seven figures. Nothing like the men, obviously, but um, they're they're making a lot of money, and it's put a lot of pressure on people to start. Um, so the here at the SMQBs, uh, we do not punch women, uh, even figuratively. So when the truth comes out on this, and if it turns out this woman did put the hit on her teammate, she will be hearing from Elise Sanguinetti on our behalf. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's so good. All right. That's a good Take one. note of that, Dalvin. All right. Well played. Well played. All right. Let's do a little quick uh, round the horn for anyone else who's got something they want to throw out there. House, you got something? Hey, hey shout out while we're on uh, the greatest – international sport of football soccer shout out to the u.s men's national team dos acero the famous score of the usa beating mexico they played in front of a wild cincinnati crowd for their u.s versus mexico world cup qualifier match that would put the winner to the top of the table in this region of the world to advance uh, Christian Pulisic scored in the 79th. Weston McKinney followed up with the one that iced it. We won 2 nothing. Dosa Sarah, the U- U.S. men's team is now back on top of the table um, with 14 points tied with Mexico. We are halfway through basically three teams for sure make it from our region. And right now it's a four-way race between U.S., Mexico, Canada, and Panama. Uh, the the team that comes in fourth will have to play in an international competition to see if they can get that fourth spot. But the U.S. needs to hold on to this lead and qualify for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. So this was a huge, huge win with an exciting young men's team. If you have not checked out the U.S. men's soccer team, you need to check it out. Uh, we play our next match, I think, tomorrow night, Tuesday, uh, against Jamaica. Oh. So people bitch about the Big 12 not ever getting a team in college football playoffs. Well, the reason is, is because they fucking do it every year to themselves. (laughs) Every year they cannibalize themselves. The soon-to-be SEC non-powerhouses of OU and Texas both spit the bit this week in historic fashion for Texas. Uh, Losing to Kansas at home. For the Ew. fifth loss in a row, last time that Texas has lost five games in a row, I like Ike was what people were talking about in the 1950s. Wow. And Kansas, for the first time in 56 road games in the Big 12, was victorious. The so last time that happened, Colt McCoy was a junior quarterback at Texas, and Saban had not won a championship at Alabama yet, to put that wow. in perspective. Sark is going to stay on the job. They're not going to pay a five fifty million dollar buyout of him and his staff, but yet uh, there is, there's a lot of angst and concern among the orange bloods who I was with this weekend uh, about what the future looks like. Um, the, the, uh, the, the rope might be a little shorter than what we thought. And OU, uh, who was number eight last week in the college football playoff rankings. And everybody's like, Oh, well they're undefeated. I mean, why aren't they higher? Cause the, committee wasn't buying into them and for good reason because they spit the bit at Baylor uh, and they are going to fall out of consideration and there is no Big 12 team 
that's going to be there at the end for the final four for, I don't know how many years uh, out of the, the college football playoffs, but they've done it to themselves again and they have no reason to bitch. So STFU. Putting, uh, about Notre I'm Dame, bro. Oh God! Yeah. Well, yeah, they're gonna crawl. They're as gonna long crawl as Cincinnati's undefeated, Just like House and I have been saying all year, Notre Dame's gonna crawl back into it. But just as a side note, I'm putting spit the bit on the do not fly list along with kudos. So there's gonna be uh, kudos. A hey, bit need to go. hey, I have yeah. a qu- one quick one for you guys. We we missed somebody for number forty one. One of the greatest power pitchers of all time just died recently. Tom Seaver. Yeah, man. Yeah, I know. Tom Seaver was 41. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Tom Seaver. I can't believe Listen, uh, I can't believe Keith guys, Byers got screwed. Yeah, go ahead. Keep, speaking of people who passed, we got to pour one out for Sam Huff. Uh, yes. Sam Huff was probably one of the toughest linebackers to ever play uh, in the in the NFL. He played for the Giants and for Washington. Um, but you know, Huff played so long ago that a lot of people know him from his second career which was really as the voice, one of the voices of the now Washington football team, then Redskins, when they were winning three Super Bowls. Uh, it was Frank Herzog, uh, Sonny Jurgensen, and Sam Huff calling all those games. And and that is a melodious trio to a lot of us who grew up. Yeah, uh, Huff was the, just as good at broadcasting. Good. Yeah. He was yeah, good. So uh, lost sort of an NFL legend, a hard-nosed old-school legend uh, this week. You got anything else, or is that going to take us into the week, guys? Have a good week. All right. Good week, everyone. I'm going to go study up on uh, the similar meanings of kudos and spit the pit, and I'll get back (laughs) with you. I'm going to go root root for the 49ers. Let's go.